The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode features a scathing response to possibly the most ill-advised take-me-back letter ever and some wisdom from an ancient African proverb. This is King Caruso, the Black History Buff, and welcome to the Black History Buff podcast. Each episode will be going through another chapter from Black History and showcasing one of the amazing characters from Black History. You can find us on Instagram at blackhistorybuff777 and at bhbmedia777, also on Instagram. So please kick back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Every so often, when I'm browsing the internet, I'll come across something that for some reason stops me dead in my tracks. Recently, it was an image. The picture was of a sober-looking, dark-skinned, middle-aged black man sporting a very full and very fine beard. He had the kind of look on his face that your grandfather gives you right before asking you to pick your own punishment or to go get the belt. Children of all colours and cultures call it the look and it means that patience is wearing thin. The stern face in the picture belonged to a formerly enslaved man named Jordan Anderson who lived during the 19th century. Very little is known about his life other than that he was taken from his parents as a boy and sold into a life of slavery. We know that he was born sometime around December 1825 and somewhere in Tennessee, and that he was sold to a General Paulding Anderson, who then gifted, and I say that through gritted teeth, Jordan to his son Patrick Henry Anderson, who went by his middle name, Henry. We know that he married Amanda McGregor in 1848, and that the couple may have eventually had around 11 children. And we know that in 1864, when Union troops camped out on the plantation where Anderson had been forced to labour for his entire life, that he, his family 
and possibly 32 other enslaved people were all freed due to President Lincoln's 1863 Emancipation Proclamation. This mass exodus broke the back of the plantation and ruined the finances of Patrick Henry Anderson, Jordan's former owner. Now look, let's be honest. Most of you listening to this episode will have at some point in time wanted somebody back in your life that you've driven away. Possibly an ex, maybe a good friend that you've upset, or a family member you've fallen out with. Most of us have sat there in our still, quiet moments and thought, damn, I kind of messed that up. I wonder if I can make things right. These moments of reflection are usually followed by a few hours of sad, lonely cyber-stalking that goes on till the majority of us sober up, eat some junk food, maybe listen to some Drake, and then just push those feelings way, 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 way down deep, down deep inside. Because in our heart of hearts, we know we'd probably do the exact same thing we did before all over again. But there is a type, a truly unique type of person who sees the object of their desire living their best life without them and decides, nah, I'm going in anyway. Most of us don't do that. But the temptation is real and almost understandable when it's an ex-partner or friend we're talking about. But it takes a special kind of douchebag to try and convince a former slave to come back to you. Well, Patrick Henry Anderson was one such douchebag, and that's exactly what he tried to do. Mortgaged up to the hilt, plantation on the brink of ruin. Patrick Henry Anderson decided he would try to win back the affections of his ex, ex ex-slave, by writing him a letter. In my head, I have the image of this scrawny, scraggly-headed man writing this letter, perhaps shedding a few fragile, white-hot tears of entitlement while he wrestled with pen and page, battling to find the right words. The words that would bring back his fortune the words that would make everything better. After leaving the plantation, Brother Jordan worked briefly in a Nashville field hospital, then in 1865 moved to Dayton, Ohio and secured work with the support of abolitionist Valentine Winters. For the most part, his life was uneventful. He worked got paid, supported his family and raised his children, living the quiet life of dignity that had so long been denied him. Brother Jordan was finally living his best life. This quiet life of domestic bliss was briefly shattered when as so often happens when things are going well, he received an unwanted message from his ex. Ex Ex-owner, that is. As a former slave, Brother Jordan could not read. 
And so he took the letter to Valentine Winters and asked him to read it for him. I can only imagine the words Jordan heard read aloud that day. I say that because no copy of the letter sent by Patrick Henry Anderson exists. More than likely, it was instantly burned. But we can get some clues about what was written from Brother Jordan's response. A response that he made public by doing the 1900s equivalent of taking it to the gram and having it published in the local newspaper. A response that has gone down in history as one of the best clapbacks of all time. Up next, Brother Jordan's response after this quick message. Hey guys, I hope you're doing well and have been enjoying the content. Look, I'm going to be blunt. I really want to do this podcasting, content creation thing full time. But I can't do this without your support. And yeah, I mean financial support. So, for the price of a medium sized coffee, nah, 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 nah. For the price of a Jamaican patty, you can help to support the podcast, IG page, Facebook page, blog, YouTube account, and now my website by either joining my Patreon or making a one-off donation to my PayPal account. And if that's not your thing, then you could even hop over to blackhistorybuff.com and check out the merch on there. I've got hoodies, jumpers, t-shirts, all themed around black history. So not only can you listen to your history, you can rep it in your clothing as well. So for the price of a small oxtail and rice, you can help to bring more hidden tales from black history into the limelight. Okay, so welcome back to the show. Jordan could have simply just been this letter and returned to his state of domestic bliss. Nobody would have blamed him for doing so. Let's not forget, he was raised in an environment where any kind of disrespect shown towards a white man would often result in severe punishment or death. However, he was free, not just physically, but mentally. And so after a few days thought, he returned to Winters and dictated the following response. Sir, I got your letter and was glad to find that you had not forgotten Jordan and that you had wanted me to come back and live with you again, promising to do better for me than anybody else can. I have often felt uneasy about you. I thought the Yankees would have hung you long before this for harboring rebels they found at your house. I suppose they never heard about you going to Colonel Martins to kill the Union soldier that was left by his company in their stable. Although you shot at me twice before I left you, I didn't want to hear of you being hurt and I'm glad you're still living. It would do me good to go back to the dear old home again and see Miss Mary and Miss Martha and Alan, Esther, Green and Lee. Give my love to them all and tell them I hope we will meet in the better world, if not in this. I would have gone back to see you all when I was working in the Nashville hospital, but one of the neighbours told me that 
Henry intended to shoot me if I ever got a chance. I want to know particularly what the good chances you propose to give me. I'm doing tolerably well here. I get $25 a month with victuals and clothing, have a comfortable home for Mandy, the folks call her Mrs. Anderson, and the children, Millie, Jane, and Grundy, go to school and are learning well. The teacher says Grundy has a head for a preacher. They go to Sunday school, and Mandy and me attend church regularly. We are kindly treated. Sometimes we overhear others saying, them colored people were slaves down in Tennessee. The children feel hurt when they hear such remarks, but I tell them it was no disgrace in Tennessee to belong to Colonel Anderson. Many darkies would have been proud as I used to be, to call you master. Now, if you will write and say what wages you will give me, I'll be better able to decide whether it would be to my advantage to move back again. As to my freedom, which you say I can have, there is nothing to be gained on that score, as I got my three papers in 1864 from the Provost Marshal General of the Department of Nashville. Mandy says she would be afraid to go back without some proof that you are disposed to treat us justly and kindly. And we have concluded to test your sincerity by asking you to send us our wages for the time we served you. This will make us forget and forgive old scores and rely on your justice and friendship in the future. I served you faithfully for 32 years and Mandy 20 years at $25 a month for me and $2 a week for Mandy our earnings would amount to $11,680 add to this the interest for the time our wages have been kept back and deduct what you paid for our clothing and three doctor's visits to me and pulling a tooth for Mandy and the balance will show what we are in justice entitled to. Please send the money by Adams Express in care of V. Winters Esquire, Dayton, Ohio. If you fail to pay us for faithful labours in the past, we can have little faith in your promises in the future. We trust the good maker has opened your eyes to the wrongs which you and your fathers have done to me and my fathers in making us toil for you for generations without recompense. Here, I draw my wages every Saturday night, but in Tennessee, there was never any payday for the Negroes any more than for the horses and cows. Surely, there will be a day of reckoning for those who defraud the labourer of his hire. In answering this letter, please state if there would be any safety for Millie and Jane, who are now grown up and both good-looking girls. You know how it was with poor Matilda and Catherine. I would rather stay here and starve and die if it came to that than have my girls brought to shame by the violence and wickedness of their young masters.
You will also please state if there have been any schools opened for the coloured children in your neighbourhood. The great desire of my life now is to give my children an education and have them form virtuous habits. Say howdy to George Carter and thank him for taking the pistol from you when you were shooting at me. From your old servant, Jordan Anderson. At Jordan's request, Winters sent the letter to Henry with the simple, informal title, Letter from a Freed Man to His Old Master. The letter was eventually published in an edition of the Cincinnati Commercial. Brother Jordan's letter proved to be immensely popular and was later reprinted in papers across the country and in some parts of Europe going viral and making Henry a world-class laughingstock in the process. Unsurprisingly, Henry never took Jordan up on his offer to pay him 50 years of reparations and the letter likely stopped any of his other slaves being tempted back when he wrote to them as well. As a result, the crops that year were never harvested. Henry, deeply in debt, had to sell the plantation for a fraction of its worth and he died penniless and destitute a few years later at age 44. Hmm... So he didn't pay the reparations and eventually went bankrupt. Hmm. Interesting. As for Jordan, he lived and worked in Dayton for the rest of his long life, dying at the age of 81 in 1907. So, as promised, this week's words of wisdom come from a Cameroon proverb. As with all African proverbs, we have very little detail regarding its origins, so you're just going to have to trust me when I say it is one. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. A bird that allows itself to be caught will find a way of escaping. There you go. Cameroonian proverb that is. Well, that's it for another show. I'd just like to thank my Patreons for their donations and to all the people who have supported me by buying something from my website and by donating through PayPal. I'd also like to thank Delilah and DL Hayes, OVLH and Marshall Remy for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts as each review really helps and you can support the show by finding me on Patreon at Black History Buff Podcast and you can contact me via Twitter or via email at podcast at blackhistorybuff.com Thanks for listening and I'll be back again soon.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.